Hey, hey, ladies and gents, guess what time it is? Maddie, tell them. What time is it, guys? <laughs> I've got no idea. <laughs> it's, it's, it's run talk time. I've been in Bali. 10 to 4. Yeah. <laughs> We're back in business. So uh, this is a banger of an episode. Like every episode with the Guru, we had fun, cover some good content, and uh, I reckon you guys are going to enjoy this one. Anyway, I'm getting out of your way. This is me and the great man, Maddie, the Guru, Williams. Shitting out. <laughs> Hey, Guru. No, I'm not going to have that. <laughs> are we going to start again? No. No, hi, Matt. How are you, Matt? Hey, good. I'm back. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for coming back. It's so, I feel weird the last couple of weeks not having a uh, a podcast chat with you. Yeah, it has been interesting. It's like, you know, we're texting each other what to talk about and then, yeah, finally catch up. It's good. No, I was in Bali. I was having a little a little getaway. You just made it to Bali. Oh, my God. Isn't that ridiculous? <laughs> Yeah. For those at home, Ty's had a bit of a great explosion. No, for those at home, can I just say, like, you shouldn't say something's expired if it's... All right. So I went to (laughs) Friday night two weeks ago. Um, Jesse and I got to the airport. We're all excited because we've been planning for months to go away to Bali. Pre-Christmas getaway. Perfect. Ten days, just chilling out. Romantic villa. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And uh, so I get to the airport. Jesse checks in. We're having trouble checking me. So I was like, what the heck? What's going on here? Um, so we went up to the counter and the lady goes, uh, she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Um, your passport expires in April. Like, yep. Don't be sorry. That's fine. It's, it's December. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm back in two weeks. She goes, no, no. Um, like, oh, you can't fly. I said, what are you talking about? My passport expires in April. She goes, yeah, no, but you need it. You're supposed to have six months on your, on your passport. I go, well, just like, there's no asterisks. There's no, like, it doesn't say. She goes, this, ha- this is what she said. She goes, um, she goes, I'm so sorry. She goes, this happens all day, every day. She goes, this is just my job. I go, of course, because people people know what expires means. <laughs> like if your passport says expires in April, it, it, it needs to have an asterisk is my is – my, yeah, I think it does. You knew straight away. Well, yeah, because I, I know it's come up when you, you book tickets with certain airlines. It does come up that like I think it's in brackets for a lot of airlines. Like most, most countries require six months validity on passports. For travel. But the reason they do that is because let's just say they let you on the flight, which they can with a soon to expire passport. There's no onus on Indonesian immigration, I think, letting you in. And then if they send you back, it's on the airline that you flew, it's up to them to pay for your flight back. So it's really just a, sa- a saving money sort of thing for you not to get let on for the airlines. I don't understand why the passport doesn't honestly have an asterisk or something. Just to say, okay, yeah. here's the expiry, but just be cautious. Yeah. Because if that's happening all day, every day, that's a problem. It's not – yeah, for sure. It wouldn't be that hard to sort of implement either, would it? Oh. But um, here we go. Relax running. We're just spreading um, some of the legalities of international yeah. travel. So, hey, ladies and gents, if you've got international <laughs> travel planned, check your passport. Yeah. Um, I got it. I got it back the following Wednesday. I had to wait the weekend, then got my passport spread up. Was that an emergency one you got? Yeah. So you still need to get a new one anyway. Uh, no, no. So it was um, it was emergency in the sense that you had to pay an extra two hundred and fifty bucks to get it within two days. So but yeah. then you pay um, yeah. on top of that. I was paying for my new passport, so okay. I've got ten years yeah. on there now. That's actually a pretty good deal. Like you know, if it comes down to it, like if you lose your passport like a day before you meant to travel, like it's not bad. It's two hundred fifty bucks. I was sitting at the I was sitting yeah. at the passport office, and so I had to wait the weekend yeah. to even go and apply. Monday morning, I was the third person in line at the passport office. Went up, uh, went to go to the counter just to explain my situation. And yeah, a little cute Sri Lankan lady pushed in front of me accidentally. I'm sure. 
as she was about to, as she was pushing in front of me, she's like, oh, I'm so sorry, did I just push it? I go, well, yeah, you know, you did, but you're there now, just go. Yeah. Anyway, four o'clock on the dot, as the passport office is closing, she gets given her passport. I had to wait another two days to fly. Oh, my God. Anyway. I feel like sometimes with you too, like, you've got these two extremes where you're either the most outwardly nice person or you've got this real see you next Tuesday streak in you, I think. <laughs> you've seen that a couple of times. I, 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 I haven't seen much in between. And so I'm, I'm, I was, when you told me that story before, I was thinking, oh, yeah, Tyus would have, would have let anyone through, you know, sort of thing. And then I could have just imagined your brain you know, ticking over after you realised you weren't going to get it then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's um, I'm glad our audience have got to know that about me. Really <laughs> hey, I said you were a nice bloke. Oh, you did, yeah. you did. Yeah, there was just no grade. No. Nah. Oh man, all right, something I'm working on. I'll keep, I'll keep meditating. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on anyway, bro? It's good to be back. It's um, I, I really did miss it. Like, uh, I think yeah. took the week off last week. It was, I um, I didn't have any podcast in the bank, so I thought we'll have to just wait and uh, until we're back and, and and do one today. But there's plenty to catch up on. I feel since one of the beauties of yeah. Of, not being in Bali though was, um, and just to rehash it slowly, slightly because yeah. it's already been talked about, is the great man Stewie Mac. Me and you getting to see his Aussie, his Aussie record. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, oh, mate, to say the least. Still feel sorry for Tiana. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't. Talk, t- talk me through that though, because I. So how far did the pacemakers go? I think I, I reckon Geordie uh, must have made it to I reckon just over four around four yeah. k. So for those who did haven't maybe haven't seen the race yet or have just read the results, so that was paced. To perfection mm-hmm. through four Ks and just under halfway. And then Pat sort of just organically sort of took the front and, and was sort of, you know, had the responsibility of pushing the pace. And Stewie just sat on him for literally 5K and overtook him in the last couple of laps, probably last 800 to win in a national record. And I think Pat just missed out on the, on the qualifier for the Olympics by one or two seconds. It was an interesting one. I, I sort of had the expectation that. I know they've got different coaches but the same manager. I sort of might have had the expectation that potentially they would have shared the lead. Oh, is Tina not coached by Bido? No, he's not. Ah. Even just to get the pace going. I have heard Bido sort of say, though, that he often doesn't talk shared tactics with his athletes when they're racing each other. Like, he'll go through an individual plan with each of these athletes, which, and again, as a manager, I'm not sure you would go through any tactical chat with an athlete you manage versus an athlete you coach. It's... I mean, I'm really in two minds about this one. I think there's ruthlessness, which Stewie showed, which I respect because he, he is the better athlete. But there's a little bit about me which thinks it would have been great for Australian running if we had had two athletes potentially under the um, national record and a qualifier. And I, I don't know. Where do you, and you sit on that with that's just racing, so tough luck. A little bit. I think yeah. Yeah, it definitely does depend on which way you look at it. Like from the perspective that you just explained, of course, like yeah. it would have been great to see two people yeah. run faster. Um, but from the if I was if I was Stuart McSwain on the night, I would have done exactly what what he did. Like my mindset yeah. going into that race would have been, all right, what's my best chance to win this race? Yeah. And I think, and you also got to remember, like um, it was a flip of the coin in in a lot of people's minds as to as to who would win yeah. the race. So I think Stewie would have been being cautious that if he had a say the pacemaker dropped out and he took two k's. Yeah. I don't think Stewie as as good as he. There, there's not many people in the world I don't think who can who can lead a pack like Paddy Tiernan. No, he, and hit splits consistently like he did, and he doesn't have the um, the kick that Stu does either. So I think for him to win, he, he had to sort of try to take. And it's more this is oversimplified to take the sting out of the legs. I do wonder what would have happened if Paddy sort of had to turned around, just like in the classic, you know, Tour de France style, and just sort of you know gesture for gesture for Stu to take the lead. If he would have just been like, no, nah, 
Yeah, I, I did hear an interview with Stewie, yeah. and he's going, "Look, for the last five laps, I was I was actually really hurting." Yeah, um, well, you'd have to be. If, yeah. if he wasn't hurting for five to go, he should have been running faster. I, I so, would, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good point. But the mate who runs a fifty-four second last lap for an Australian record—that's that's what excited me so much about it. Is yeah. if you're closing in fifty-four, running an Australian record, you got sub twenty-seven in your legs. I think he does. It's not the right time of the year. You know, like early December, um, particularly, you know, coming off a break and, you know, going into sort of that volume stage of his training where he will be setting a really good foundation for the Olympic year. Yeah, there's definitely sub-27 potential and there's definitely sub-330 potential. So it's what what the athlete really like. It's incredible. Again, I I feel for Pat and I wonder what's next for him. He'll go go to America, run run a Stanford style of race and, and get the qualifier there. Probably a bit easier. Well, Probably finish 10th, not lead a second of the race and get it comfortably. It, it wouldn't surprise me yeah. if in the next six months, Paddy Tiernan owned the Aussie record. Well, he, and he could run that in a race like, you know, like a Stanford or Peyton Jordan in America. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the issue, and, you know, and Stu may not run another 10K until the Olympics if he decides to run it there. Like, that wouldn't surprise me. So you're right. I think at the Olympics, we could have a new 10K record holder for Australia. And I've been saying that, Stu's got a lot more in the bank. Oh, man. It's so <laughs> exciting. I was talking to Jocker. Yeah, for those who don't know Jocker, he's, uh, he's Matty and my good mate. He's up in up in Geelong. He's been a guest on the podcast before. Talking to him about, okay, what, what option does a bloke like Stewie take at in mm. Tokyo? And here's, here's where I stand. Um, and, and I say this with, with 100% due respect because I know Stewie's got so much more in the tank and I reckon we're going to see it this yep. season. I think 331, 1304, 27, 23 – as amazing as they all are at the moment, I don't think any of them necessarily are a standout on a world stage that screams, you have to run this. But you can, in saying that, one of those times has been a regular medal-winning sort of PB. And guess which event I'm talking about? Actually, they all would have, wouldn't they? they nah. Would have the... So, I, I, not in terms of if you, want, if you ran those times, they could all potentially win the gold medal. But in terms of the actual PBs, of the um of the medalist, I, I I think he's a bigger chance in the fifteen hundred. Yeah, I, I, I can. And you think about an athlete like Matt Centrowitz, right? An Olympic gold medalist doesn't have a fast PB. And when I say fast PB, not like a three twenty seven, three twenty eight. And I look at Stewie, and I'm like, there's a lot of athletes around that three thirty mark in medal. Nick Willis, you know, he's 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 an Olympic medalist. Matt Centrowitz again around that mark. I, I think I can see him running the fifteen hundred. But yeah, I don't know. If you the thing that excites me is okay. I, I reckon if you look back through some of the times, even that ten k, there wouldn't be too many championships won in yeah. much faster than twenty seven minutes, would there? And if you're closing in in fifty four seconds, it screams that you could be. I, I, I don't know many athletes in the world who would have run faster than fifty four seconds for that last lap the other night. The ten k at Tokyo though is going to be hot. I think Chapter Guy and Mo Farah are going to going to go out in twenty six high pace. And, and I don't know, I, I think just the pure optics, I don't want to see an athlete like Stewie McSwain get lapped in, an Olympic, in the Olympics. Yeah. Because you lose, for those people who aren't distance fans, they just, you, you lose a bit of that sort of respect. I think what made athletes like Mottram, you know, sort of cross that barrier into non-athletics fans is because they'd switch on a race, the highlights would be on and he'd be contending. Mm. And I think that meant that a lot of people started to care about it. They'd be like, oh, that guy's good. When classically, if you're watching an athlete you know nothing about in a race and they're getting lapped, immediately you're thinking, oh, this guy mustn't be, you know, why should I care? And my worry would be that, you know, there's a the race, if he runs a 10K in Tokyo, there's a bit of heat on it. 
and, and you know, starts to go downhill. And and that wouldn't surprise you if it was one in 26, 30. Yeah. And, if you, you know, if, if, and that's if Stewie runs his PB, that's, you're getting lapped. Yeah, it's a scary thought. It is. That's and, and, and I think if he's a three, if he gets to the three PB shape in the 1500 or potentially the 5K, I think they're the events where you know what? I reckon there's a finalist in him there. But I mean, you can always say you're an Olympic 10K finalist because they don't run heads. Yeah, well, so <laughs> I, honestly, it's going to be an exciting year. Oh, yeah. yeah, this is um, something that I haven't even spoke to you about properly yet. But one thing that I want, I'm excited about doing in some capacity What's that? is next. Okay, so we're about to go into an Olympic year. Yes. So how, how the heck are we back into an Olympic year? By the way, oh, time speeds up as you get older, doesn't it? Yeah, apparently, yeah, it has. <laughs> well, certainly the last four years have. Um, all right, I'm I'm thinking, in, yep. and I'm all inspired by Steigen. I uh, yeah, it's not going to necessarily look exactly like that, but I want to open up. Um, maybe in the first couple of weeks, let's have a talk about this. Yep. The first couple of weeks of the new year, I reckon me and you can come up with an idea. Um, I'm thinking like the middle distance to distance events, 8, yeah. 15, 5, 10, maybe Mara. Yep. Having a having a tipping contest amongst um, me and you and also amongst uh, well, listeners to the podcast. Yeah, sure. Would you be open to something like that? I'd definitely open to me. Well, how would it look though? Like what would we... Well, if we just got like, you know, emailed or direct message the, the tips in, we could just enter those into a spreadsheet quite easily and sort of, you know, go through and, and, and find out the winners. I think, well, you know, if you, if you just had to tip your top three from those events, you know, male and female, it's, you know, you're doing well if you're getting most of them right. So um, we could even narrow it down because that's obviously quite a few athletes to tip. But yeah, I think we should... Potentially try to get a bit of a comp happening. That'd be nice. Yeah. So this is this is obviously us fleshing it out. Yeah. If you've got any ideas and listening, um, send them through. Yeah. I, I, um, I, I don't think I've ever told you guys. I've started a re- like a relaxed running Instagram, Facebook yeah. page, and stuff recently. Um, that I think if you just type relaxed running into Instagram, that'll come up. It's relaxed underscore running. Yeah. There. Well, I've, I've searched for it when I went to follow it, and it came up pretty pretty simply. Yeah, we're getting a few people sort of giving us some shout-outs on there. It's pretty, oh, what about my boy, Jordy Gutsman? <laughs> well, it's not just that. I mean, this was your personal account, though, but you want to share with the world who's just followed you out of the blue on Instagram, Tops? Oh, yeah. This is oh, – I was doing a humble brag to you before we started. <laughs> no, well, just, this is worth a full-blown brag. Oh, okay, so I reckon I, – I don't know. I think Craig Huffer, who's a mate of mine, has yep. something to do with this because he knows I'm a fanboy for yep. – I'm about to give it away. That would make sense. The great yeah. man, Nick Willis. Yeah. But I – um. So it would have been a decade ago for those people at home or at the old Olympic Park, and I think it was a Melbourne Track Classic. It would have been. We're on the back straight. And people we're, learn so much about how much of a wanker I am today. <laughs> we're on the back straight, no comment. <laughs> and um, Nick Willis, I think, which had just finished his warm down. I think it was an early season race for him in the 15. And, um, you know, you, you walk up to him cold out of the blue, you're like, oh, Oh, Nick, just uh, just wanted to tell you I'm a, I'm a really big fan, and um, you know, I like what you're about, and you know, a few other sentences there. Shook his hand, and then he walked off like a little giggling schoolgirl. And then that was your only interaction with the man, or no, I was playing the long game. I, was playing, I knew that if I did that ten years later, he'd follow me on Instagram. Um, yeah, maybe he's a fan of the podcast. Maybe far out. I'm gonna do. Oh, imagine if we got him on. It'd be a pretty good guest. He'd be a great guest. Yeah. He'd be good fun. You got some good guests coming up, though, don't you? Any sneak previews we can give? Oh, or? wait, I'm going to give you. Actually, that's another thing. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to yeah. figure out what the Instagram, dude. Social like marketing and bloody social media and stuff. It does my head in. I, I don't get it really. I don't understand how it works. But yeah, it's I'm hard. just I'm figuring it out. So if you follow on the page, you go, mate, Toss. What are you posting? Just bear with me. I'm there was one the other day. I had a bit of an eye roll. Oh, what was it? A milk one. I love a milk. 
Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing with milk. Interesting point. When yeah. I posted that, I okay. Because I've got a theory on, on what actually happened there with you. Talk to me. So actually, for the listeners, yeah. I posted a thing saying the other day: if you've got constant sinusitis, yep. this is actually inspired by a, a bit of a chat with my mate Big Geordie. Yeah. Yep. Um, so the I don't think I've ever spoken about it here before. I had two yep. sinus surgery. Was getting ready for a third. You were chronically getting ill. For a I was long time so yeah. like it was just a, it was a pain in the ass. Like I'd, I'd started to run some really good times. Yeah. Like I'd just come off eight ten and um, like a couple of fifteen hundred PBs and things. And then sort of out of the blue, oh, well, not out of the blue, just gradually the next couple of years, there was there was almost zero progression. Yeah. And the reason behind that was, I was, as you say, I was constantly sick. You were really like, consistently training. Like, oh, yeah. No major injury concerns. No, no, I was, I was really lucky when it came yeah. to injury and, and really cautious as well yeah. in, trying to, in trying to look after my body. Yeah, you were. Yeah. Um, but... I was I was speaking to doctors yeah. all like around Melbourne and yeah. I was like, this is ridiculous. I had two sinus surgeries. Spoke to a specialist. He goes, mate, unfortunately, some people they just they don't have much yeah. luck when it comes to this stuff. You're just going to have to just do your best to fend it off. Yeah. Otherwise, get the surgery. And I thought, oh, okay, yeah, that made sense. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the post was about my wife's grand. Said to me, oh, you're allergic to dairy. Yeah, get off. And I said, okay, old lady, like you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but at this stage, I was willing to give anything a go. Yeah. Um, and I don't know about you, but whenever I was sick back in the day, like if I was coming down with a cold or a flu, my mum would always say, hey, she would, wouldn't let me touch dairy. It is funny. I've definitely heard that from family members. I don't know well. if that's placebo or what, but it seemed to it just yeah. seemed to be something that was was passed down. In- back in the day, they used to just it was it was common. Yeah, what they used to say to each other. Yeah. yeah. So I, I I cut it out. Yeah. And a month later, I had after probably. Probably eight years on and off. Yeah. I speak to Jocko, mate. The amount of sleep I had where I was just blowing my nose nonstop. It's a pain in the ass. I don't know why he kept inviting me back. Uh, it, the symptoms cleared up. Yeah. And I never had that third sinus surgery. Still yeah. don't drink milk and still, uh, what was I saying? Don't drink milk, no sinus surgery. Oh, and yeah, I what, still what have happened, no problems. What happened with your training though after you sort of cleared Well, up? the thing, I, I think by that stage, I, I I had two choices to make. I was 24 yeah. and I was thinking, okay, like um, I was looking at my ability as an athlete. I thought, yeah. okay, I'm a, I'm a very strong national runner. Like in Australia, I'm, I'm decent. Subtly. Uh, yes. Which is, it's a, it's a very good spot to be. In. Yeah. You know, you're getting some gear from Adidas at the time. Yeah, you know, but, yeah. but I was no I was no Stuart McSwain. No. I was no, no Ryan Griggs. I was no Luke Matthews, Jordy, whatever. Yeah. Um, and I thought, okay, well, how am I, I'm investing a lot of time and effort into this sport. Yeah. Um, is this something I really want to make such an investment for to run at this level? And the answer was no. So, John, do you want me to tell you what I think? So, tell me about what happened. So, I think the classic correlation with your decrease in your training intensity and volume at the same time where you cut out milk, I think you're potentially confusing what's actually fixed your sinus. I think you're running, when you run and train as hard as you did, I think clearly there's some autoimmune issues there about, you know, how quickly, you know, and, you know, there's, there's correlations with low body fat in terms of how your body handles viruses and chronic infections. I think you backed off the training and you got healthier. Well, the only counter argument I have to that point is even still, whether I'm training hard or not, if, yeah. I, if I have dairy for a day or yeah. two consistently, the symptoms come back. That's interesting, isn't it? It's not something yeah. that's just like, okay, it's disappeared now, it's gone forever. Yeah. It's something that I'll have dairy and... And, and to be fair, I get where you're coming from because yeah. it sounds like very left to centre. It's very, um, I don't know, I guess yeah. it, it could be a, a, many different yeah. things. But I think um, I've, I've been speaking to a couple of – well, I was speaking to Geordie who yeah. said, mate, like, even he has a bit of trouble with his yeah. sinuses from time to time. Yeah. So, mate, just consider it. Yeah. So I thought I'll post that out there. Um, mm. I'm disappointed you didn't 
You didn't throw a bit of throw a bit of fire at the Instagram post. Oh, I should have. I thought about it, but I always think better of it these days and <laughs> yeah, try not to start yeah, too many. No, fair point. It's just an interesting one. I think these dietary sort of things, and sometimes you do hear a few opinions, and sometimes I just get a bit iffy about hearing and and sometimes i think there's a lot of misinformation gets thrown about but yeah that's sort of i remember hearing that i'm not sure i totally am on board with that and plus i also think that you know sometimes personal experience sort of conflates with you know what yeah oh definitely and that's like i hope no one took from that that i'm saying okay like scientifically this is proven that dairy is definitely going to cause science issues I'm going to say, if there's someone in my situation who's going, what the heck is going on? I used to smash down the milk, though, back in the day. Do you like, remember how much milk I drank? Like four bowls of cereal a day. Well, I would get... No, more, more than that. More than that. I would get home from a, uh, I'd get home from a long run. Yeah. And usually you're supposed to go grab some water or a sports drink. Mate, I went straight to the three-litre bottle of milk. It's good protein. Yeah. Good carbohydrate, too. It's and actually, I, had that, I had that ad in my in Chocolate my milk is one of the best recovery drinks you can have, just in terms of the actual sugar to um, carbohydrate. Um you know, is that, yeah, so is that true? Because I've heard without that a, doubt, a lot. Without a doubt. It I is. thought it was just Ben Toomey back when I lived with him and no, no. the excuse to drink chocolate milk. He is a smart man, Ben Toomey. He, he, he was onto something. It, it legit, like, it has to be after exercise because, like, you know, there's, all there's like, all these windows in terms of after, like, a long run or whatnot, you know, it's sort of the when to have protein, when to have carbohydrates. And, yeah, it's, it's, it is one of the best ways to do it. So you could have a donut and a bottle of Coke or, you know, just a chocolate milk ticks it off. And, Gee. Well, yeah. he's a great man, Benny Toomey, these days. I haven't seen him for a while. No, nah, I haven't. I, yeah, he's... The old housemate. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that was some funny years, actually. We used to have an interesting setup, didn't we? Yeah, to say the least. I feel like it's for another podcast. It is. Yeah, we can talk about that living arrangement or where my bedroom was actually located. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, had two, I had two choices, the garage or the lounge room. We were living in Ballarat and I moved in at the start of the Ballarat winter, so I chose the lounge room at a single bed literally in the lounge room. <laughs> Your alarm clock was two Miss Cornflakes in the morning? <laughs> Every morning without doubt. That was fantastic. That was a good little house for a uni student. Though, oh, it was great. I was paying bugger all rent. Were you? Yeah. yeah. I can't remember how much I was paying. <laughs> I think it would have been bugger all the Yeah, time. and I was paying in cash, and I think I was just paying your bills pretty much. Oh, man. No, anyway. it was a good setup. Hey, how was your running in Bali? Like, what did you get up No, to? I did zero running in Bali. Good. It's, well, you, you were the inspiration for it. Here's, here's what I thought. I thought you know what? Okay, I've got, I'm definitely going to be working hard. I've got six months to run a marathon. Yeah. Um, and I thought, you know what? Okay, I'm, I'm relatively fit. Yep. There's no need. There's no need to be a hero about my training right now. Yeah. Got to Bali. The humidity is a thousand. Yes, it is. The temperature was four hundred. Yep. The roads are horrendous. Um, it is run over on every turn. Do every turn. So I travelled Southeast Asia for about eight months last year. Well, last half of last year, first bit of this year. Yeah. And um, I used to try to go out, and this was my training consisted of a four k run every second day. Mm -hmm. And people might be looking at me like that's nothing, and I was losing fitness, but it. Until you're over there, it, you just cannot possibly – it's so hard to do more. You come back soaking wet because of the humidity and you just it's, – it's really hard to train and, and keep it going. And I'm, I'm glad you didn't do anything because there's no gains to be made. Well, that's what I thought. I was thinking I could go and find a treadmill um, and, and do a couple of runs. Yeah. But the fact that I was bloody five days late to Bali, it just, I also no. wanted to yeah. – it, it's not like it was 10 days of nothing. I still trained when I was here. But I was walking around in, in Birkenstocks yep. um, for, for five days straight and didn't run. Yep. Got back on, uh, what day is it today? Sunday? Yeah. Got back on, got back last week sometime, can't remember, say Wednesday or whatever. Yep. Um, and my plantar fascia was playing up big time. I went out for a, I went out for a run 
the the day I got back, and it was so sore. What running shoes are you wearing at the moment? Uh, the Asics GT one thousand. Yeah. So there's like a little bit of arch support, support in there, yeah, yeah. Which is like I've been pretty good with those shoes, but I, I think yeah. I, I don't know because Birkenstocks are supposed to have a reputation for offering good arch support. Nah, that's absolutely. Is a, that a myth? Yeah, the, the myth there in. in over the across the board is that any forms of sandals or thongs are just are not good. There's no natural movement. So what happens is that when you are wearing, let's just say you're wearing classic cabanas, right? You watch your feet or you actually start to take some notice of when you're walking, you're scrunching up your toes a little bit to sort of just hold them on your feet. It, it really does change your entire gait. Birkenstocks are the same. It sort of changes your gait into a bit of a shuffle just to purely keep them on. Um, you know, it, it, you can really start to notice this as you sort of walk, and it, it, it's not great long term. There's certain sporting organisations throughout Australia that don't let their athletes wear thongs or sandals. Is that right? I know of at least three AFL clubs where players, it's, in, it's contractually written that they can't wear thongs. Wow. It's like, it, it, legitimately, there, there's research out there that they're just genuinely better off their feet. Well, I, I put them on today just to, yep. just to see how they went. Um, I'll, I'll get back to my training and yeah. I put them on again today just to see how they went and I noticed like almost just to try and keep them on your feet without yeah. slipping off you, you scrunch out your toes a little bit and I mean I'm wearing them today I'm wearing Varnas it's a, it's a pretty warm Melbourne day today yeah you know you get the old sweaty feet there's nothing worse is there oh yeah it's so, but yeah. They're, they're not good for you and there's definitely something to that I think well it was five days straight I'd never worn them so much before it's really interesting though I've um I had another gait analysis done on my feet recently and I've gone back to a bit more of a neutral runner, neutral shoe, and my feet have just been thanking me for it. Because we used to sort of always train in similar sort of footwear, you know, the, the mid-range arch support shoe. I've got some pretty flat feet, but like I'm not sure if my, my gait's changed, but I'm not really overpronating as much as I used to. It, it, it might be worth you get even looking into sort of what running shoes you are in and whether or not you have to go to like one of the running, running specialty store like the running company. Get, get them on the treadmill and I'm in a neutral sort of um well, I was in New Balance but I've just moved to a neutral Brook shoe and I'm loving it it's um yeah it really made a difference with my feet yeah yeah and it, I'm interested yeah. with the plantar fascia though like it's one of those it's I'm not even it's not even an injury it's more just at the moment so it's a little niggle yeah but it's, they don't tickle though they oh they don't own. tickle and I'll tell you <laughs> so I ran Actually, I'll get back to my training. I ran, I ran 20K this morning. Yeah. Um, I got up nice and early. It's bloody hot here in Melbourne today. I don't know what the temperature is, but it'd be pushing 30, wouldn't it? Yeah, I went for 5.5K with the intention of going for 15. And this is where my running is at. I just thought, nah, fuck this, I'm turning <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I did. Yeah. <laughs> and then that was it. Um, but yeah, go on. Yeah, no, oh, I, got up, I got up early because I was thinking, we are going to go to church. I'm like, that starts. We usually leave our house at 9.30 to get there. Yeah. And I thought, um, all right, I'm just going to get it done because I can't be bothered. Like, now, once you get back, you're not going to want to do it. Exactly. Middle of the day. Oh, yeah. horrible. Yeah. Um, so I thought I'll get up. And I, I ran from here. We're, we're in Hawthorne. And they've got like a good bike path. Yep. Pretty much follows the Yarra all the way into the city. So we were talking about Well, the, the, uh, too much. Like yep. more than I would have liked to be, yep. to be honest. Um, but the, the good thing about this path is there, there's quite a lot of option to run on. There's like a little grass nice. strip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next to which I'm sort you're, of you're the king of doing that. Oh, I love yeah. it, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it just feels nice. I, yeah. mean, I so prefer running on yeah. like something with a little bit of give than just on that real hardcore. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah. You look at the greatest running tracks of those, like the tan sort of surface where it's a bit more give. Yeah, and grass is good like that too. Yeah, sometimes a bit too spongy though. Can yeah, be. yeah, it can be. I actually, um, so I ran down from here. Ran 
the opposite way. Like I didn't go straight up Anderson Street Hill. What's that? Is that counterclockwise? Yeah, counterclockwise yeah. around the tan. Yep. And then just stuck to Yui at yeah. 10K and came back. And I, yeah, averaged, I think I was averaging like four. The average was 434. I didn't say that. That's pretty brisk for this sort of weather too, I think. like yeah. It was yeah, it was cool yeah. this morning. Like it wasn't, it wasn't yeah. that okay. hot. It wasn't yeah. that hot. But um, even in saying that, we've got like a – I don't really understand. Like what is a lot of elevation? Because I think today's run was maybe 120 metres elevation for an hour and a half. Oh, that's that's okay. Is that pretty standard? Yeah, it's or, pretty standard. Because it didn't feel like a hilly run. The only run that yeah. there is is uh, – so Glenferry Road from uh, – if you're coming up Glenferry Road towards Glenferry Station, yep. Kuyong's on your left. Yep. Um, there's pretty much a 1K – Sort of hill there. You notice it more when you're on a bike or on your feet than in a car. It's interesting. I've been on a few runs where there's been a lot of rolling hill, hills throughout. So these are the sort of hills where you can open up your stride when you're going down and then you don't really feel it going back up. And, you know, those are the sort of runs where you can actually rack up on paper like a big elevation gains. But the reality is that sometimes it doesn't necessarily feel like a, a hard yeah. 300 metre hill, which, yeah, you know, you go out to Fernie or some of the runs we used to do in Ballarat and there's a Oh, Ballarat's yeah. a different beast, I reckon. I remember some of those runs yeah. out there in the bush with, with Nate Hardigan and stuff like that. Yeah. Tough little nugget. He was, um, oh, yeah, I used to, I used to drink Sunday mornings. I used to rarely do it with that group. And it was kind of, you know, you used to have, like, so guys like Nate, you'd have Monterey out there. And so they'd take you through and they'd have their designated piss breaks. And it was it was a really regimented sort of thing, wasn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah. you'd go under that tunnel and then they'd have their piss break and then you'd, you know, under the railway and then... Um, but I remember, like, it used to be a weekly occurrence. Is it used to be this after about seventy minutes, it'd be a twenty minute wind up. Yeah, and it was just got to this stupid stage where, like, this is pre Garmin sort. Of, or there's a couple of Garmin's floating around. There yeah. was one in our training. The size of your arm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a coach owned one and would give it to us every now and then. Yeah, but it wouldn't surprise me if we end up running three tens. Oh, or not, was- maybe not we, but there would have been blokes on that run ended up drop like just going. Hell for leather. That was their weekly race. They were pumped. Sunday long run. I went out. So I went. I just moved over from Adelaide. Yeah. When I was in Adelaide, there was a really good bloke. But for whatever reason, he owned. Like he always ran in the group. Yeah. He'd always just hover at the back and he'd have his headphones in. Yep. And I was like, yeah, "Do what you got to do, mate. Like that's fine. That's good. Like yeah, if you're a bugger, just go for it." You've done it before. Well, I remember I rocked up once. You might have been there. I was there that time. And Monaghetti was there. Yeah. And uh, I just popped it. I copped it so hard, and I probably rightly so because, mate. If there's one thing, yeah. honestly, this is going in my comedy routine somehow. I don't know how because it's not funny yet. But <laughs> I just watched the Kevin Hart documentary on yeah. um, on Netflix the last couple of days, and you know those stupid AirPods which look like that. Do yeah. you own a pair? No, I don't. I was going to say because throw them in the bin. They are the dumbest. Really? Thing. Do you have a pair? No. I wouldn't like I, it. I, no, you don't get them. Why? They look ridiculous as a start. It's one of those things that in ten years we're going to look back and go. Really? Yes. I don't know. So, you know, all through, it does my head in. You see people walking around with their <laughs> yeah. AirPods in. You see yeah. the conversation, but you're rocking your headphones. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know why I got on that side tangent, but I was doing my head in. Um, but Yeah, you rocking up with an MP3 player back in the day. Got that. Had some good tunes. Oh, mate. I remember, it was funny, though. Monas in that group was just like the... Um, you know, he, he was the guru sort of thing because <laughs> he, you know, he would dictate what was happening. But it was really funny because get these big hills, you know, and everyone's working hard going up and then I was probably one of the more unfit blokes and I'm off the back, you know, really, you know, and he's giving you this advice, he's in the years, like, you know, just push up the hill, roll down the other side sort of thing. It's helpful. And, you know, when you're struggling and you've got him by your side and he's talking to you, it's um, it, it's not bad. But he also had this ego streak to him where, you know, when everyone else was hurting, he used to close his mouth and just breathe through his nose. <laughs> 
And I reckon, Do you reckon it was ego or was he just that good? I reckon there was a little bit of a, this is how good I am. And yeah. I didn't mind it. Yeah, I, mean, I like it's that. A little good, bit of swagger. It's, it's a good yeah. flex. Yeah, but, good flex. Oh, oh, it, I, thought, I hope he was doing that. Well, the first time he, I remember the first time he did it, and I'm reasonably starstruck. Like, it wasn't a good athlete at this stage. And you'd see him rolling up this hill, just like looking at you in the eye, and just breathing <laughs> through his nose, sideways. going up this ridiculous gradient. And you're like huffing and puffing. I probably sound like having a heart attack. What do you know? Um, I, I, yes, yeah, just great flex. Oh, do you know who had the ultimate flex in that department? Who's that? Dewey Yoa. Fuck. Dewey Yoa. I remember <laughs> once we were racing around. It was the Melbourne uh, the Melbourne Marathon 10K. Yeah. And we got to about 6K. It was me, him, and I think Ben Ashkettle. Yeah. And I remember I was starting to breathe pretty mm. heavy. And I looked across at Dewey and he had his... He had his mouth just closed. Yeah. He had bloody like he had a, a, a good nose on him, <laughs> and he just he was just sucking in air like it was no dramas. Speaking of needing another podcast, that's a there's some stories there that could um get to on. Well, we could just tell some of the stories when he first rocked up to training. They were oh, inc- what an incredible. He was an incredible athlete. Human. Yeah. He, he well, yeah went downhill a bit for him there, but yeah, it was um. We should actually we should actually reach out to him and go, mate, jump on. Jump. He'd love it too. I like, think he would. I, there's some stories I really want to share right now, but I think maybe we'll hold on to them. Um, about, you know, when he rocked up to training for the first time in the group. Like, there was a oh, – just, yeah, I don't just, want to yeah, give just, him away. Just how good he was. Like, it was a uh, – we're, we're going to a little one. This one. Which one do you want well, to Well, I remember about? the first night I ever – I think Jeff Risley had put him in contact with Rod. Yeah. Because I, I think – uh, no, I think it was. So their coach, was it Huggins? Huggins, yeah. yeah the king. Um, actually, he's the king. So I do a move to Ballarat, and then I think Richard sort of emailed Rod and was Rod Griffin and yeah. was like, look, there's this athlete who's had a bit to do with, you know, I've had a bit to do with, just moved to Ballarat. Yeah. A bit of talent. You know, I think you should reach out. And so Rod obviously reached out and got him down to training. And was it the first night when we were down in, um, at Rod's place? Uh, the first night I ever ran with Dua was at Lake Esmond. Okay, yep. Yeah, and, and we had 8 by 200 and I was probably a 352 runner. I remember this one, yeah. At the yeah. time, or maybe 354 was my yeah. PB, which is okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've been training for years and I remember we had 8 by 200 and Dua came down and he, like the guy... Was, uh, he, used to, he used to rock up to training and I'm not, this is no disrespect to him, but you, he was wearing these three-quarter length. Um, not cargo shorts, like board short material shorts, like literally just not from the running world between his knees and his ankles. Yeah. And like he was, I remember he used to have, you know, again, no disrespect to him, but you know, some Kmart runners on, probably, you know, nothing, you know, no, none of the um, equipment, but just didn't phase him, just had this sense of belonging in terms oh, of, oh, yeah. And the no- knowledge of his own ability was was playing soccer locally in Ballarat too at first, and you know, carried through a bit of fitness there, but the bloke didn't even have a pair of running shorts. And um, yeah, he'd rock up. He rocked up to that session. You're right, and would just and was. Oh. He was he was pushing the pace. I remember on the eighth yeah. one, I was like, "How is this bloke? Who yeah. is this bloke?" <laughs> one, one more quick quick story, which we can talk about with him was what, what was the suburb Rod lived in? Uh, uh, begins with a B. Bunningham. Bunningham. Yeah. Yeah. So we did. Rod, our old coach, used to have this two kilometer circuit. It's like a pretty much. No, it was a one k circuit. Sorry, like five hundred out and back but sort of a little loop as well there mm-hmm. and it was all this beautiful terrain and um anyway so do a you know it was medicine all down there and it was probably like a six or eight like k session there typical session we used to do there and um do a rocked up you know shook everyone's hands sort of still getting to know him did our warm-up and we got into the session and 
you know, session ticked off. I don't think he starred that one and did our warm down. And he's like, all right, boys, I'm off. And he went to, did he go to run off? Did we tweak then that he had? No, I think, I think what happened is I reckon he was maybe embarrassed to ask for a lift home or he thought yeah. someone was going to come and pick him up. Yeah. And so we probably run, well, we probably had 12, 15 Ks in our legs. Yeah. From that session, yeah. would you say? Yeah, so 4K warm-up, 4K warm-down, then maybe six or eight yeah. reps. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so geez, you, know, it's just, it's, you, you feel – but he – it turned out he ran to train that day. And from Werribee? Not from Werribee. Werribee's in Melbourne, from Wendery. Wendery's what yeah. I mean. <laughs> so, yeah, Wendery's probably 17K, I think we worked out from Buttingham. And he, so he went to school for the day. Realised he had to get out to training in Bunningyong. Must have looked up a map, jogged out because <laughs> he didn't know the bus system in Ballarat. Didn't tell anyone that was the case, and almost jogged home. Like it, it, he would have done thirty plus k's. Jeez! Like it was just, and this is the sort of this is from a bloke that wasn't training the fortnight before. Yeah, that's what blows my mind. Actually, yeah. last last one, then we'll uh, I'll, I'll move on. Mind you, I could do door stories for ages because he's just an incredible for distance runners. I think they would so appreciate yeah. the fact that this is. That's some incredible sort of numbers. Yeah. Uh, but another one that I just thought was incredible based on the amount that I ate, he used to come to uh, oh, our yeah. house. At, uh, <laughs> where did we? He used to live Mount Clear. Yeah. And uh, anyway, I would be having my pre-race or my pre-training snack and then we'd get in the car. Half and head on next year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, so we'd get in the car. I remember one night we were heading out there to training and it was always, Tuesday was always your biggest session. Yeah. And I remember I had like a bag of jelly beans in the car and um, I said to like, I just had a jelly bean or whatever. I said to do I was like, mate, you want a jelly bean? He's like, oh, yeah, okay. And uh, he had that. And I was like, um, I was like, dude, like, what else have you eaten today? Yeah. This is 5 o'clock on a Tuesday. He's just chowing down. Yeah. And he's <laughs> like, uh, like, no, that's it. I go, no, no, like, for the whole day, yeah. I mean. He's like, no, just that, <laughs> just a red jelly bean. I go, dude, when was the last time you ate? He's like, I don't know, like, yesterday morning or something? I was like, bro, like, how are you, how yeah. are you doing this? It's just a, he's cut from a different cloth. Yeah. But I think he had a pretty crazy upbringing as well. Like, he, uh, like yeah. straight out from Sudan. He had a pretty wild, he's got pretty some, wild He up. has some stories about Sudan and Egypt and Kenya, which I think would best be heard from his mouth. Yeah, we'll get him on. They're quite inspiring, but again, no disrespect to him. He should be an Olympian. He... Oh, it's a compliment. Like, it is, so, yeah. yeah. He's a, in terms of talent. And for whatever reason, it didn't work out for him and... Again, I hope he's doing well. I haven't heard from him in a while, but yeah. All right, we're going to get him on. Yeah, we That's did. a goal. Yeah. Uh, it'll be fun sitting down with the three of us, and I reckon the, like, these guys would love to. Oh. Like, because he's a character. Once you get him rolling as well. He takes a bit to get out of his yeah, shell. A bit of time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. But in the meantime, I think you asked me before, I've got a couple of cool yeah, guests coming up. up. So, okay, um, we've got uh, Queen of Distance Running in Australia, JT, Jess Trengo. <laughs> Jess Stenson now, actually. Yes, JS. Um, Feels weird. I'm going to keep saying Trengo because no one will know who we're talking about otherwise. There's a bit to, a bit to talk about there. She's got a bit of news in her life. Yeah. Recently, so. Yeah, good news. New mum. So. Yeah, yeah. it'd be good. So I'm, um, actually, I, I messaged her the other day because she's my she's my little buddy from years ago. Yeah. And uh, I shot her a message and said, oh, come on. Have you heard of the Lax Money podcast? She goes, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah. She goes, my favourite podcast in the world. <laughs> um, that's a blatant lie. She never said that. And uh, so her and... Uh, not Riley Cox. Yeah, Riley. Yeah. So you said the no, Riley, who? Oh, I get my night with Riley Cox and Riley Shaw all the time. Oh, okay. Sorry, yeah. Riley Cox. Yeah, yeah. so um, they're doing like a little training camp just out of Adelaide in a, in a yeah. few weeks, and my little sister lives in Adelaide. Uh, so I'm going to go over, pay her a visit, catch up with Jess and Riley, 
Um, a couple of good interviews. So speak about social media. If there's any specific questions, if you DM them through. Then we can, yeah. yeah, yeah, jump on as yeah, relax, relax, running uh, on on Instagram. Send them through because it'd be really good. As much yeah. as I love sitting down and, yeah. and having a chat with these people, it'd be cool to know what the audience is like. If you had a yeah. chance to sit down with them, what would you ask? There's nothing more frustrating when you're hearing an interview. And you're like, mate, you just didn't ask the one question I wanted. Want it answered, yeah. And so, like you know, it's it's nice to sort of give you guys the opportunity. If there is anything specific, we, you know, maybe even a, you could have like a spare few minutes at the end of the interview where you just go through some of the listener questions. You know, maybe just tick off. Hey, and, let's do that. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm going to do that for sure. Yeah, That'd be good. And so, yeah, don't be shy. You know, if you want, you want to keep your anonymity and your in the questions, just let us know. We won't mention your name. Give yeah. me a pseudonym. That's fine. But yeah, yeah love. Get it. Get on. Get in touch. Yeah, perfect. That'd be good. Because Riley Cox, I'm excited to have a chat to him as well. Actually, yeah. Because um, I've always, I've always sort of followed because he, because he trained with Adam. I've, yeah. I've sort of kept an eye on their results and stuff. But he had a nice little run at Zadapeki. I think he ran 29:30. Yeah, it's not bad, is it? Something. I don't yeah. know how old he is now, but that's a great run. Like that's a great run for the bloke. So I'm interested to sit down and yeah, and, and pick his brain a little bit on his training and yeah. Um, and Jess is Jess is a good chick. Like she'll she'll be filled with stories about and just the insight that you can get. Like I still, even though I'm not a competitive runner anymore. I love picking the brains of an athlete like her, like how you're structuring it, your diet, your recovery. There's yeah. a million questions. So is she a physio too? As yeah, well? she so there's is. probably some good professional insights there as well. That you know, you, you can you know get the uh, insights of a physiotherapist as well as an elite athlete. It's mm-hmm. a it's a pretty good combo. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. I'm also interested just to know who people would like to people would like to chat to. Is anyone out there that like you'd be pretty keen to? Get? Well, I want to get. I'm going to reach out to Benita Willis as well. Benita, we, we spoke about this one. I want Kane Collins on. Well, he's a he's a prospect. Yeah, We're, uh, I'm chatting with him at the moment. Yeah. Like, obviously from the AFL world. Yeah, I am. Um, first of all, I, I love his media. I'll call it a persona. I love the persona. I think it's refreshing, and I think we've lacked a bit of that in the Australian sports sort of uh, sports scene. Just the lack of a better word is a shit stirrer. Yeah, and, it, and it's good. Mm-hmm. And, and he backs it up, and he can take the criticism. But I, I, I love. I think he's got a pretty significant insight into sort of being able to talk about the differences between, you know, two, two different elite sports. And I think that would be quite a quite a good one to get like a bit of a middle ground. Someone who's experienced, um, you know, an a- playing 300 games as an AFL player, but then also being a mid-230 marathon runner as well. Mm-hmm. I think it's a pretty, you know, rare sort of combination that he's got. He'd be great. Benita would be good. But she would be good. Craig Mottram, if you listen. She would be good, mate. There's no, there's, <laughs> there's no way he's coming on. He's nah. not coming on. Uh, like, I think it, yeah. Seriously, he would be listening to this. So, Craig. Should we have like a weekly sort of, do you have any more stories to, Craig stories to sort of share or are we sort of, is that well dried up or are we say? Oh, well, did I tell you the other day that I got called out for getting my movie stories muddled up? Yeah, you did. I and reckon I, I nailed the story. I well, can't remember. I had a bloke message. Did you me. say who called who, who messaged her? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll find out right now. He's like he's a legend. He was funny yeah. about it. He was a cool guy. Because um, which story we uh, we talked? I remember the chat, but this was the one in the airport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just um, I'll, I'll jump on Instagram right now because uh, so for those at home, this, this story if you haven't already heard this episode, I think Tice was. And again, this is not my story. I have no insight into this at all. But Tice shared a story of of Craig potentially. Well, assaulting someone in an airport because he was so wound <laughs> up. <laughs> and, um, oh, um, uh, insane that. If I was going to cop a punch from, from any professional athlete, it would have to be a distance runner at their peak, wouldn't it? Not yeah. as a little tickle on the chin. Yeah, seriously. Lincoln, <laughs> Lincoln Belgrave. He looks like he might be a, a Halibri athlete. Right, okay. Just by the colour of his uniform. He goes, yeah. uh, 
He goes, mate, you cooked that Craig Mottram story. I heard it first person a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Just straight out of the blue. I said, hey, legend, what stories is that? I've told a few stories about him. Yeah. He goes, uh, the one about him punching his partner at the airport. I go, oh, mate, I'm sure they'll be Punching his partner? Uh, not his partner. Well, well oh. let me just. I'm glad you corrected me there. But like a training partner. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Well, sorry. <laughs> I want to make sure that's super clear. Um, okay, mate, I'm sure there'll be plenty more butchered stories coming up. Stay tuned. But, uh, yeah, he goes. Ah, mate, love the podcast. Keep it up. I love how you designed the fact that you could have potentially no, butchered everything. There's a hundred percent going to be more butchered stories. Uh, that is funny. Um, yeah. Oh, we had some good reviews actually. Oh, I'd love to know what, he got, what we got wrong in that story. I, like, is, yeah, yeah, I should have asked. I should have asked. For a minute, I was thinking, crap, is this, I don't know if he was having a go at me or what. I was like, I'm going to butcher plenty he, of stories. He's going through reviews. Do you want to talk about like some of the some of the ones I've been getting? Yeah. And so right. I first read one of these reviews and I thought, oh, this has to be my girlfriend. So I get home and I'm like, <laughs> I go, hey, Beck, have you um looked at some of these reviews for the podcast I've been doing with Tyson every now and then? And she's like, no, nah, show me. <laughs> and I'm like, shit. Anyway, it turns out I've got a few admirers. Mate, you've got some admirers. <laughs> um, wait, if you're listening to this, give us a give us a review because uh, I always find them really, really interesting to listen to. And the guru <laughs> loves it. How can he not? The guru. Um, all right, here we go. Five stars. Must listen. Insightful podcast with passionate and knowledgeable hosts. That's, Pretty not, sure that's, that's not bad. That's good. Wait, yeah. that's even finished yet. Great guests and advice. A must listen for any runners. Yeah, um, all true. What about this one? Great and funny. Uh, Juice Green Girl. I wish people could... Who is that? Juice Green. I, I did ask my girlfriend if that was her. Uh, no. Not her. And no. it's just... It's she not Jessie because hers is like the fourth review that we have. Uh, <laughs> loving the podcast. The Guru is a great addition. With true. a licking her lips emoji. But who was that one? Juice Green Girl. Yeah. So, uh, Juice Green Girl, if you're out there. <laughs> I'd love to know who you are. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that came across quite flirty and you're in long-term relationships. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> what have we got? I'm still um, curious as to, as to who she is. Wait, BJ. I know, I know who this is. Oh, do you? Yeah, yeah. It's your brother, actually. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love yeah. listening to the guru. <laughs> Mate, old Popplestone's not... Oh, here we go. Oh, this is my wife. Damn it, I'm not even... I feel like this is, we're losing all validity here by just sharing family members. <laughs> okay, okay. Let me say, guys, we'd really appreciate it if you're not a family member or a friend. Yeah. Um, jump oh, no, on friends the are welcome. Yeah, of course. Well, give, yeah. us a, give us a rating, only if it's five stars. Don't stuff up our feed with bloody one-star reviews. Yeah. Like I did. I accidentally hit one star oh, in my podcast the other day. Grim, isn't it? That's so embarrassing. I was like, crap, now we've got nine reviews and one of them was one star and it was me. <laughs> So, like, even in a year's time when we're still, like, pushing out all these five stars, it'll just be a 4.9 star podcast. <laughs> it's like my Uber rating, right? I don't know why, but I'm priding myself on my Uber rating, but I can't get Are past... Are you an Uber driver? No. Just my, you know, you can check your reviews by how... Oh, I'm, I can't log on because I, I, I can't... Uber driver, mate. I'm a teacher. Yeah. Sorry. I <laughs> uh, anyway. You were, I thought you were going to ask No, I'm looking at 4.6. I can't get above it. It really shits me. Nah, someone... I try to treat him nice all the time, and I feel someone like... Someone didn't like your banter one day. You're nah. a straight shooter. That's what it is. People don't understand it sometimes. <sighs> Are you a nice guy? You know, I give out five stars willy nilly too. Like, have you, is it, do you know anyone who doesn't give like, an Uber driver a five star rating? I don't know anyone really who. I, just, I still use taxis. Yeah. That's his mobile phone. the last one left, aren't you? Yeah, that's all right. It's your, your mobile phone use, though, mate, has a lot to be desired. Mate, as I always say, I would have been the best friend back in 1995. Yeah. Such a great amount. We went through our entire text history. If you just me asking questions and not getting advice. <laughs> And so you're excited. Oh, hey, bro. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Is there any other news that we've got to cover in the running world before we get out of here? Well, there was that interesting one, that race of the decade, because it is the end oh, of the decade. Yes. And so let's run. So there's only a couple of days left in the decade. And 
I'm, like we we get a lot of our news from letsrun.com and it's an interesting website but for all its flaws it, it's a pretty good central sort of place to check it out and they ran it was sort of like a bracket and you know they had all these head-to-heads to sort of figure out the race of the decade and so i think what won quite comfortably was um radish's london 2012 800 final win and i just want to say on could not be happier with that as the winner i think that was the greatest race i think it could potentially be of all time that was a pretty insane race. World record, running from the front, Olympic final. Like, you talk about getting it done when it matters, and, oh, oh, yeah, what a race. No arguments. Oh, that was a... He's making a comeback, too. Apparently, he's got little man boobs rocking at the moment. He's a little fatty boomba. Well, he's had some issues, he's, I think. He was in a car crash recently. He got, you know, everybody, he's had a few issues. But he's, he's out there saying, oh, yeah, I'm training for, training for Tokyo. I'm trying, he's going to drop, drop 10 or 15, you know, kgs and... Just get oh, back he's out. really got put on some weight, has he? Yeah. Well, he, it actually, doesn't surprise you, though, if Kenyans does it. They just do – they don't run. If they don't run, they don't run. Like, they just yeah. – Yeah. Yeah, I always just picture Kenyans as, as super skinny no matter what, though. Yeah. I, don't know what <laughs> I always picture white guys being the blokes who, like, once they stop running, just get – If you got money in Kenya, though, which he would. Yeah. yeah I'm sure the, there's always been dietary changes there. Well, yeah, speaking – it wasn't just the car crash either, was it? Like, I saw a little while ago that there was – I might be getting muddled up with Asbel Kipra, but – wasn't there some marriage drama or something nah, that I saw? I think, yeah, without being 100% confirming it, I did read or hear someone's mentioning that there was a, some personal issues. Get yeah. him back on the running track. Yeah, get him feed him some broccoli. Get him on the running track. His life will turn around immediately. I don't think he should. I, think, I hope his life turns around. But what a legacy to leave. I just, hope, I just hope it's not like an Ian Thorpe comeback where he just doesn't end up getting selected. And, you know... I don't know. There's just something about athletes coming back post retirement and not getting near what they were, where they were. It's what? sad, yeah. Especially with the ones that were world beaters and world record holders. I just think you know, like go out on a high. How nice. I don't know. And I mean, each to their own. Everyone performs in an elite sport for their own personal reasons, but yeah, I'm, I'm, it is easy to get caught up in their glory days, isn't it? Like yeah. look back, oh far out, my life would be so much better if we. And what would you prefer to be remembered as, too? Like you know, going out as the best in the world or being that bloke who tried to come back and then not even getting close. But like I said, there's different reasons. And if that's a health kick he needs, good for him. Far out. It'd be a lot of motivation. I look at someone like Centruitz or someone like Rudisha, who's already, yeah. like, you're a completely like, world yeah. record holder, your uh, Olympic gold medalist, you're the best there's ever been. See, Centruitz, though, he, he still needs to pop a fast time. He but, still has yeah, that 328 to run. That's what I think his motivation is. What's Rudisha's? Yeah. So he's at 330, man, isn't he? I think so. He might be three, maybe 329, but like he hasn't had that fast, fast one, you know? Yeah. And, you know, obviously the American record, I think, is quite... That's Legat's when he just changed mm. allegiances. But, like, yeah, I, I think Centro's got a lot more motivation there for a bit of a legacy than, yeah, Rhodesia. What we There's literally nothing else to achieve. Right, watch his space. Watch his space. That'd be interesting. All right, bro. Put that in your predictions. It's okay. Far out, yeah. Well, we've been Dead. outside. But you might not even make the team. <laughs> yeah, true. That's a scary thought. <laughs> anyway. All right. Um, oh, far out. I'm just going to chuck this out nice and early. Craig yeah. Huff is making 1,500 team for Australia. I love it. Come on, Huff. It's his last chance. Come on. Probably. Yeah, Huffy. Put name your team. Okay, last one. Oh, name, okay. name what, it. For, what, 1,500? So 1,500 team for Tokyo for Australia. Okay. Top three. Men's team. So there's going to be three selected, I think. Is yeah. It? Without death, I cannot okay. possibly see it. So right. first selected, yes. Go, uh, Stu McSwain. Tiff. Yes. So you, you're you're admitting that he's going to run the fifteen. I, I th- 
I think he'll at least have the option to run it. I think he'll be selected. I'm not sure whether Okay, so let's go be. selections, but maybe not confirmed. In the okay, team, yeah. Right? All right, I'm going to say, all right, Stu? Yep. Gregson will get through. Will Gregson will get through. He's a, he's a king. Okay, these are the issues I have with Gregson getting through. I think he, the progression's not there anymore, and it's on a downward trajectory. I think this season he was a really good 335 runner. I'm, 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 I'm worried. I'm not convinced. I think he'll I think he'll make it too. I think he'll be the third selected. The field's pretty hot. Okay, so you, and then you're saying Huff for the second spot. Well, I'm hoping Huff. I'm hoping Huff. Yeah. I saw he ran a 357 mile the other day. I'm saying it tongue-in-cheek, but at the same time, yeah. now that my competitive instincts and I'm not trying to... Who else is there about? So Luke Matthews. So who we got? We've got Luke Matthews, you've got Craig Huffer, you've got Geordie Williams, you've got uh, yeah, Ramsden, you got Risley, who's just lined back up. I don't know McEntee's how... 337. McEntee, um, obviously Stewie. Yeah. Uh, We're missing people here too. Of there's, course, yeah. Who? There's... um. Oh, yeah. Who else is we, we, we missing? There'll be someone else, but yeah. There's a lot of names there that are thereabouts. And I think, you know, you can get, if there's a couple, you know, I don't know the selection criteria as well as some, but yeah, I think we could see, it wouldn't surprise you to have three or four blokes under 335. Yeah. Which is nice. Good depth for once. Far, that's, back, in that's actually, back in the day, we couldn't feel a team. It's very exciting. Yeah, it is. It's very exciting. For half. That's, yeah, I hope so. He's made a glass though. What's that? He is a little bit. He um, yeah, man, he's the most talented athlete. He's the most talented yeah. athlete. I remember as a junior, I was talking to Jocker about this yesterday. As a junior, yeah, mate, he was a uh, yeah, he was, yeah, he was good. He There's was a lot of those good. though. That's a, there are a lot. There are a lot of those blokes as juniors. Yeah. Well, we've got a few of them coming on here, so I'm going to pick their brains. Yeah, it's good. All right. All right, mate. Have we ticked all the boxes? I think so. Well, just quietly. At uh, Zadapik the other day, I gave Jen a little pump up before a race. Yeah. I thought she might have known who I was. Get her ready for the relaxed running podcast. Hey, Jen, go get him. So is she can you've reached out. There. Yeah, yeah, she's coming on. She's yeah. coming on just in January. Um, I said, yeah. Oh, actually, so I can't remember if we said it was in January or whatever. I got the uh, messages there, but yeah. she's she's coming on. That's good. Um, I just said I don't want to do it over Skype. I'm trying to my best to avoid yeah. Skype. I just uh, feel like you meet. There's so much like dynamic, so many dynamics. I feel like I get on well. There's nothing can... happening. You're a very personal guy too. Yes. So we should be down in Melbourne though to organise that. So you yeah. have Gregson on then too. Well, I'm I'm hoping well, to. Well, yeah. Gregson now. Jen Gregson and Ryan. Yeah, true, Ryan. true. Yeah. Um. So I've. Uh, yeah, Gregson said he's he's keen. Like once, I think they're up at falls at the moment. Yeah, uh, like like every athlete. Yeah, um, yeah. No, that'd be an interesting interview. I think there's definitely there's a bit to talk about with Jan. Well, you know, back to the um, her Olympic selection saga, and even just sort of the college life over there would be a good. Yeah, that'd be fun. We're going to get you on board for that one because I feel like you come from a different perspective. Yeah, I'd like to. Yeah, but no, she gave you nothing, so I was <laughs> I was quite laughing at that one. But she was in race. She was in race mode. We'll give it right. That. Well, in saying that, Stu was too. So, how's this? So, pre Satterbeck final, we go up there, we're having a chat with Stu, and it's all, you know, quite nice. And I reckon we were, we were just sort of giving him that, you know, that good luck. Mate, that's what it was. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, King of, what is it? The Mary King Island. Anyway, I love Australian distance running. There's so many gangsters on the field at the moment. Yes. They're all going to be coming on here. I'll say that with all due respect. Yeah. Bro, um, hey, really good chat. Good to be back. Ladies and gents, Relax Running, it is on Instagram. So shoot through questions, feedback. Like my milk photo. Don't be so harsh. Anyway, I'll speak to you guys soon. See you guys.